Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's time for this week's Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Show here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. It's brought to you by Serve Pro of Champaign-Urbana, providing damage restoration and cleaning from water, fire, mold, and storms. Serve Pro, make it like it never even happened. Tonight's in-depth look at area high school football is also powered by the Fighting Illini Army ROTC at the University of Illinois. Forging strong leaders since 1868. Now, here is your host, Colin Likas. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Show, powered by U of I Army ROTC. I'm Colin Likas, joined by Joey Wright, and thank you all for spending some time with us early this evening for an hour of high school football conversation. We've got plenty on the docket tonight. We will hear from a few different coaches Milford Cisna Park coach Clint Schwartz, whose team is off to a 4-0 start. Also hear from Scott Hamilton, the veteran coach over at Unity, whose team is now 3-1 after dropping its Week 1 game. They've been on a tear ever since. Also live in studio toward the end of the show tonight, we are going to have a trio of St. Thomas More athletes fresh off a practice over on North Mattis Avenue. Matt DiLorenzo, Peace Bumba, and Brody Kuppernell. Also, we'll unveil our latest top 10 countdown that you will see in the print pages of the News Gazette tomorrow, as well as our latest offensive line of the week. We officially recognized Muhammad Seymour on that front uh, last Monday. Thanks, as always, to the U of I ROTC for that honor. Joey, how are you doing tonight? Doing great. A lot, of, lot on the docket tonight. You know, we've got a pretty good mix of programs, uh, each with big games coming up this week. It's going to be fun. Yeah, we're getting to that time of year where, you know, feels like every game's a big game, and that's probably the case uh, once you get to conference play time. It's just every game means a little bit more. You're seeing a lot of rivals and things of that nature. One team that definitely has a big game coming up here in Week 5 on Friday is Arcola. Uh, potential game to the side, the champion of the Lincoln Prairie Conference, if last season is any indication. The Purple Riders are going to be hosting Cumberland. Those two teams finished 1-2 in the Lincoln Prairie Conference last year and have kind of been the standouts in recent seasons. I caught up with Arcola football coach Nick Lindsay a little earlier this week to discuss the team's 2-2 record, which, after an 0-2 start, is looking a lot better. They're 2-0 in Lincoln Prairie Conference play so far, most recently beating Tri-County last week via a barrage of touchdowns from Grant Wilson, the running back, and Tanner Thomas, the quarterback. Let's hear what Coach Lindsay had to say. Glad to be joined now on the Surf Pro Prep Football Confidential Show, powered by U of I Army ROTC by Arcola football coach Nick Lindsay, whose team is now 2-2, coming off a 46-14 win over Tri-County on the road in Week 4. Nick, thanks so much for joining us on the show this evening. Absolutely, thank you. And uh, two and two, things are looking uh, a little bit brighter than they were after week two when you, when you go to zero and two on the season. And I know Reed Custer really top opponent there in week two. But just what has kind of been the difference uh, from the eye test perspective uh, between your team from the first two weeks and what you've seen in weeks three and four? 
Well, I think uh, first and foremost, you know, we have gotten a lot better up front. We graduated every offensive lineman we had uh, last year, and I think, um, you know, those guys have, up front have really taken uh, big strides moving forward, and, um, you know, it's opened up our run game, and, and pass protection has gotten a lot better, and uh, it's been a, uh, a learning process, but we loaded our schedule at the front end and, you know, played two really good teams in Tuscola and Reed Custer, and, uh, you know, especially the Tuscola game, we did not play very well up front, but we've we've made a lot of strides. Yeah, I think that kind of shows in, in the rushing totals because obviously the guys who are on the offensive line are going to play a pretty big role in what happens with your rushers. So to, to see Grant especially doing as well as he has, is this something that really surprises you all that much? Yes and no. You know, he's a he's a great kid and a really hard worker and, and just does everything right. And, you know, I, I met with him at the end of last year and, um, you know, he you know had some illness issues and you know things like that last year and kind of uh it didn't go the way that either of us wanted it to for him and had a conversation with him about playing running back and maybe some defensive end and uh he put on about 20 pounds of muscle and he just i mean he's a 210 pound back and runs hard and, and physical and you know that was kind of our concern he hadn't played running back uh since probably his freshman year in jv and so we were a little concerned about how physical of a runner he's been but you know he gets downhill and wants to lower his shoulder and and run people over and and he's been uh he's been kind of a a motivating factor for all of our kids they really get behind watching him run and put people on their back and and i think it it kind of sets the the mindset for our team obviously he seems to work really well with tanner thomas who yeah you know tough first two weeks as we said but that was kind of the the case all around and uh, his adjustment to the quarterback position Based on the, the wins over Argenta and Tri-County, it seems like he's, he's finding his footing a little more. I think we all knew he could rush the ball plenty well, as he has, but uh, 11 of 14 against Argenta for 156 yards and two touchdowns, and then 6 of 9 for another 104 and one touchdown against Tri-County. You have to like the progress you're seeing from Tanner at the quarterback position. Yeah, for sure. Um, he's growing each week and has continued to get better and a little bit more comfortable in the pocket. and. You know, that kind of goes hand in hand with our offensive line playing better than what what we did at the beginning of the year. And um, he just does everything right. And, you know, a kid that is really coachable for as talented as he, as he is, he just wants to be coached and, and put in a, a position to be successful. And, um, you know, he he makes us go and um, he's really settled in and, and played really well. And, you know, those two games, um, you know, we didn't play any starters after halftime. So, you know that was that was big, and you know I'm I'm excited to see how he continues to develop and continues to grow. Talking with our Cola football coach Nick Lindsay and talking about the defensive side of the ball as well. I mean it was a, it was a big test in those first two weeks, and I feel like you probably learned. You know you, you talked about the front of the offense growing a lot from those first two weeks. I feel like you probably learned a lot about your defense from those first two weeks as well. Just what sort of maybe adjustments have you seen or just what sort of improvements have you seen from that group over the past two weeks? Yeah, um, it was our linebacker play has gotten significantly better. I think, um, you know, especially inside Tyson Lewis, um, he's he's been so good for us and just another one of those kids that just does everything right and is coached. Um, wants to be coached and um, you know we tell Tyson to do something he's going to do it he's leading our team in tackles and he's just in the right spot all the time and he's super smart kid but really physical and um, he's he's been kind of the anchor point for our defense and then Anthony Garza up front um, and our, our really our whole defensive line 
um, has has come along and, and played really well. And, you know, all starts with our inside guys and our D-line, especially our D-tackles and D-ends, and then our uh, inside linebackers, they're, they're playing faster each week and getting more comfortable with their reads and, and getting downhill and being physical. One guy I noticed looking at the stat sheet from Tri-County who really stepped up defensively was Braden Schonkweiler as well. And I just didn't notice him on the stat sheet against Argenta. What uh, what impact did Braden have on that uh, that victory over the Titans? Yeah, with with what they run offensively, you know, they're a wing T team. And, um, you know, Braden, uh, he was one of the guys I was talking about. He's playing so much faster and getting downhill. And, and when he gets to the point of contact, he's he's been really physical and, um, you know, he's, he's been somebody that, you know, is kind of a leader for our defense and has stepped into this role. He played a little bit last year, um, you know, kind of spot times for inside linebacker, but he's really taken off this year and, and done really well in his position and, um, just continues to get better. Looking ahead at your guys' schedule, big matchup here in week five. You're going to be at home against Cumberland, the Pirates. Kind of in a similar situation to you guys where they started a little slow against tough competition from outside the conference and have rallied since uh, getting into Lincoln Prairie Conference play. Uh, I feel like the last few years when we've talked about the, the top of the Lincoln Prairie Conference, it's been some combination of Arcola and Cumberland. So I imagine you're not taking this game very lightly. No, not at all. Um, you know, they do a really good job down there. And, um, you know, we'll we'll have our hands full. And they've got big athletes and quick athletes so that'll be a good test for us but it's been a big game the last I don't know four or five years and it's something that you know our kids will be ready for and you know we get a home game so that that um, plays a big factor too so you know it'll it'll be a a great atmosphere and um, you know a game with big implications for the conference but um, you know we can't get ahead of ourselves and they're coming off a big win against Arthur we'll have to be ready and and uh, be really focused this week in practice and hopefully uh, have a good turnout on Friday. And maybe this is a storyline that us media types care more about than you guys as coaches. But when you start 0-2 and, and, you know, you get a chance to get on a run here, you've won two consecutive games, you're going to obviously look to win as many in a row as you can before the regular season closes out. Do you almost hope this kind of puts the team a little under the radar as you try to make that push toward another postseason berth? I mean, consecutive quarterfinals appearances notwithstanding, uh, maybe some folks, you know, they see the 0-2 start and they think, oh, we're not going to worry about our cola football this year, and then you, you sneak up on them as the season goes on? You know, I, I think I think it does. Our, our kids are not used to kind of being that underdog, and, and I don't I don't know that anybody underestimates us, but, you know, last year we were in a similar situation where we were 0-2 and then won nine in a row. So, um, you know, we, we put a big emphasis on peaking at the right time, and, you know, I'll, I'll gladly – well, not gladly, but I'll give up a, a week one or two game um, knowing that with the right mindset, our kids will be ready and, and playing their best football towards the end of the season, and that's always been our goal. And um, I pulled out a stat for our kids uh, when we were 0-2 after we lost to Reed Custer, and I think um, something like since we've been here, since I've been here, we're like 31-3 and or something in the regular season after after week two, so – it's not a, a great position to be in, but our kids have been there before and the, the blueprint's kind of set already of, of knowing that we can bounce back and, and respond. And, um, you know, our kids have been outstanding. They've never batted an eye. They just they just show up to work every day and, and uh, just want to get better. And, and that's that's kind of the attitude that we try to preach, and, and our kids have been outstanding at it. Nick Lindsay, our call of football. You can catch his team in Week 5 hosting Cumberland in the Lincoln Prairie Conference game on Friday nights. 
Nick, thanks again for joining us, and good luck to you and the guys on Friday against the Pirates. All right, I appreciate you having me, Colin. Thanks again to Nick Lindsay for joining us this week on the show. Always good to hear from Nick, former coach at Unity, where we will be hearing from Scott Hamilton, the current Unity head coach, later tonight. But uh, Arcola, good chance to improve to 3-2 and two on the season and uh, might be their toughest game remaining on the schedule, although I'm sure Arthur Lovington at Woodham and has something to say about that, even Villa Grove as well down the road. No easy outs in the Lincoln Prairie Conference, but Arcola is certainly one of the best that the league has to offer from a football perspective. Yeah, when we saw them in week one against Tuscola, you know, young team in places, it, it felt like a Purple Riders team that was going to get better as the year went on, and now starting to show that, some big games left down the stretch. That Villa Grove team has got a lot of potential, too, and, and Arthur, you know, you talk about Caden Fagan, so it's going to be tough in the Lincoln Prairie Conference, but Nick Lindsay has built a good program, and the Purple Riders should be a, a strong part of that conversation. Yep, Arcola football is just a, a team to constantly watch in Class 1A. There's a reason they've made it to the Class 1A quarterfinal each of the last two possible seasons and uh, you know last year as Nick said they started off 0-2 and made it that far anyway so maybe they can do it again this year maybe they can go even further let's go ahead and take our first break here on the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Show when we come back we will hear from Clint Schwartz of the Milford Cisna Park football team whose program is trying to get back to the mountaintop of eight man if you're looking to make an impact, there's no better place to start your journey than at the University of Illinois Army ROTC program. Whether your goal is to cure deadly diseases, develop technologies, or seek adventure across the globe, Army ROTC can help make your goals a reality. Become a leader and serve your country, all without sacrificing your college experience. Students who enroll in Army ROTC are eligible for merit-based scholarships, tuition waivers, plus a monthly stipend for personal expenses. Visit publish.illinois.edu to learn more about the University of Illinois Army ROTC. Catch the News Gazette's Pigskin Picks Football Contest powered by the Alana Union Bookstore. Get your official game card in the News Gazette print edition each day during the season and choose the exact final score for each team in that week's matchup. A winning official card gets a $300 prize pack made up of cold hard cash and a gift card to the Alana Union Bookstore. If no one guesses correctly, the prize rolls over to the next week. Official game cards must be turned in to play at the News Gazette office or the Alana Union Bookstore by each week's deadline. See official game card for full contest details. This week's Serve Pro Champaign and Vermilion County High School Prep Football Confidential continues now on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. Powered by the Fighting Illini Army ROTC at the University of Illinois. It's 6.15. Welcome back to the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential show. Powered by U of I Army ROTC, I'm Colin Likas with Joey Wright. Got about 45 minutes left on the show, a couple breaks along the way, but almost nonstop high school football conversation ahead of week five of the regular season. Reaching about the halfway point right down the middle here of the regular season. Some teams on the road to trying to earn playoff qualification this week with their fifth win. Others trying to get back on track after rough starts, and some are right in the middle. So plenty to play for in Week 5, one of the biggest weeks of the year. Absolutely, and, you know, it might be a little cliche, but you can say that the fifth week of the season is kind of when the playoffs begin, right? You know, it's a good chance if you haven't gotten out to the start you want to hit the reset button and, uh, you know, get things right, make a playoff push, enter the playoffs with some momentum. If if you've started 4-0, 3-1, you know, Keep building that momentum and keep mm-hmm. uh, you know executing what you've done well. Really, kind of the turning point in the season. 
And one team that has plenty of momentum going into Week 5 is the Milford Cisna Park football program coached by Clint Schwartz. Bearcats are 4-0, coming off arguably their biggest win of the season, a 40-30 decision at Amboy last week. Amboy was the number one rated team in the NUIC eight-man poll, and now Milford is the number one rated team in that poll after the win. Glad to be joined now on the show by Bearcats coach Clint Schwartz. Clint, thanks so much for being part of the program tonight. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. And I know you guys are accustomed to big wins over there, being the first eight-man football champions, of course. But uh, what happened uh, last weekend, uh, that seems like just a massive performance for this team. That uh, that Amboy team definitely had a lot of hype behind it. And uh, you guys fell behind early, 8 nothing, and then rattled off three consecutive touchdowns and never looked back. Uh, just how excited is the locker room right now following that victory? Uh, it's definitely kind of at an all-time high. You know, that was a that was a really big big win for the program, big win for the schools. Um, our guys, you know, it's a it's a long way up there. It's about three hours to get there, and you know, to to travel three hours and be able to come off the bus and still play like the way we did is says a lot just about the kids that we have. And you know, we pretty were pretty senior heavy, and you know, I think that kind of showed up on that night. And our guys, I mean, just did a did a lot of the right things, and um, you know, we just we just look forward to that moment and those are the kind of games that we want to be involved in and i mean like you said the, the locker room's kind of at a at an all-time high right now just looking at the way that game played out against amboy i think a lot of people come to expect eight-man games to be a little higher scoring but uh the score was just 12 to 8 going into halftime and then the third and fourth quarters is where things really kind of ramped up especially that third quarter Take me through what, in your mind, was kind of the key to you guys being able to hang on in that game. Obviously, you had some big performances on both sides of the ball, but in your mind, what was the big turning point for you guys to stay ahead? Um, I just think the big big turning point, really, in the whole game was kind of just our our offense and defensive lines, you know, realizing that we can kind of match their physicality, if not kind of out-physical them a little bit. Um, that kind of really set the tone for them, especially coming out um, of the half, and we re- we received the opening uh, kick of the second half, and we scored on the first play, and so that kind of really got everybody going again. And I mean, just our guys making plays. Uh, Gavin Shunky, they broke a kick off, and he chased it down and stripped the kid and recovered the fumble himself, and that was kind of a really big moment for us. And then, I mean, late in the game, with about I don't know, say a minute to go, we were fourth and nine on our own forty-yard line, and um, we decided to I don't know, we called a fake punt, and our quarterback threw through a pass through a long fade route to Justin Tillman and I mean it was complete and that kind of sealed the deal for us I mean just what a, it was just an awesome football game and just the the ability of this team to to both excel offensively you guys have scored you know 67 points in your opener you scored 36 in week two against Martinsville and now 40 here against Amboy and then also be able to excel defensively I mean you allowed you allowed 16 points against Flanagan 20 against Martinsville and only eight against Blue Ridge uh, is there a side of the ball where you say this team is kind of leading the way on or is it really just been an all-around effort from this group of guys that's that's getting the job done at this point I mean, it's really been all around, but, you know, we put a bigger emphasis on defense this year than any year in the past. And, I mean, I'm glad that we're starting to see that show up on the field and kind of in the box scores from a score standpoint. Um, you know, our our kind of, I don't want to say philosophy was before, but, you know, I always joked with everybody that, you know, with eight-man football we can score a lot of points and, you know, you never lose a game if you score more than the other team. <laughs> you know, and this year we kind of said enough with that. You know, we, we still obviously know that rings true, but – you don't have to score as many points if you don't let them score as many points. And 
you know, our guys have really responded to that, and it, it's made a lot of things really fun, especially in practice. You know, it's just nonstop effort all the way from beginning to end, going offense, defense, and special teams thrown in there. Talking with Milford Cisna Park football coach Clint Schwartz. And, and Clint, Joey Wright here. You know, you mentioned very proud of your team, how they performed in a big one against Dan Boy, road win. But, you, you know, Milford Cisna Park, no stranger to playing big games over the years. A lot of success in the eight-man ranks, uh, you know, last couple of seasons. What does that experience and what is the success the program has had lately do for you in a game like that road test against the top-ranked team in the state? I think our experience is, is playing a really big part for us right now. Um, you know, we've had guys that have experienced going to the state championship game, you know, and, and losing that game. And then um, last year, uh, going to the quarterfinals, you know, and then playing the eventual state champion um, and playing them close in a close game. Um, so, you know, our guys understand those moments and they've been there before. And there's not really a panic that, that sets in in those kind of moments. And once again, it goes back to just having older guys and senior guys and guys that are just have experienced it before. Um, you know, and those guys just lead the team. And I mean, I, I, like I said, I can't say enough about our kids right now. They're, they're doing a really good job for us. And, you know, they, they know we're not done that we're nowhere near where we want to be yet, but just being in those moments and kind of, and, and going one and know every week, that's the goal. Looking at your guys' schedule, that Amboy game was the third of a four game stretch in which you're going to be on the road after opening the season week one at home. Obviously, three and zero in that home stretch so far. Trying to make it four and zero on Friday against Alden Hebron. Uh, that's a game you guys picked up after your previous opponent uh, vacated that slot. Alden Hebron, along with you guys, kind of one of those founding members of the uh, Eight Man Football Association here in the state of Illinois. And another uh, pretty lengthy trip for you guys. I imagine this is something where these four road games. Uh, it's probably gonna. You're at least hoping it's gonna benefit you guys down the road as you uh, try to make a playoff push. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like I said, we went three hours last week, and this week's about three and a half, four hours long for us. Um, you know, our we like those. We like the road games. It's kind of you get experience new places. You know, I know I've never our team's never been to Amboy before. Um, you know, you almost get that playoff atmosphere every week. Just those long road trips. Um, you know, we. We seem to have a good time with it. Charter bus last week, charter bus this week. Um, but our boys started, you can start hearing the grumblings. We're tired of being on the road. <laughs> We're ready to be home. Uh, but they understand what's at stake this week coming off of that big win for us. is We don't want to have that big game hangover. And so the, the focus has been better than ever this week. We've had a couple of great days of practice and, you know, but, we're ready to load that bus up. Our kids do get excited about getting out of school early, so that's always a benefit of it. Riding a charter bus isn't bad. <laughs> that's a good trade-off. Oh, no. Right? <laughs> nope. No, our kids, our kids are, are loving every second of it. And thinking about you know some differences between 8-man and 11-man, which we talked about plenty on both this program and just in general, Clint, uh, one thing I don't think we really bring up too much is the fact that, as of right now, Illinois 8-man isn't 100% tethered to IHSA rules and when I say that you guys follow the majority of IHSA football rules but as far as the playoff brackets go especially as you guys are trying to grow this organization and bring more schools into it it's not been necessary for a school to have five wins to play in the postseason an eight man uh, as it would be for almost every team that that ends up in 11 man even so do you guys approach this as the chance to go five and zero this week basically as playoff qualification how, how do you approach that topic even though it's not 100 percent 
necessary at this point to probably get those five wins to, to qualify for the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's funny that you brought it up. I guess, I don't know, I guess we've been pretty focused in every game. We we haven't talked about it at all. Mm. Um, it really hasn't even crossed our mind. Um, you know, obviously we know that we're 4-0. and um, And, you know, there's no there's no automatic qualifiers, you know, whether that's from get to six wins like an IHSA, you know, I, I guess in theory a six-win team could not make the playoffs. I understand <laughs> probably mathematically that's not really possible right now. Um, but, you know, our, our guys understand what's at stake is, you know, is is you you really do get to about that five-win mark and you're pretty much in, mm-hmm. um, you know, and our guys are excited about it. And then it kind of turns into um, playing for, for seeding. You know, we go – with the I8FA, we go the one through sixteen route, where the one plays sixteen, two plays the fifteen, and travel doesn't matter. I mean, I know everyone's kind of looking forward to that with the eleven man side of it, but obviously that didn't kind of work out for it. But I mean, it, that's been a great thing for um, Illinois eight man football, and I mean, it it's something that definitely makes makes playoffs. I mean, you're not really seeing anybody that you've really seen before. I mean, could you match up with them? Absolutely. Okay, but I mean that's it's just it's a true matchup. You're not getting matched up just because your um, location, I guess, is, is what I'm trying to get at. Mm-hmm. Right. Clint Schwartz, Milford System Park football coach. You can catch his Bearcats Friday night if you're willing to make a pretty extensive trip to Alden Hebron. <laughs> of course, they do have a few home games coming up on the docket as well, so you can always swing by for those a little closer over in Milford. Clint, thanks again for being part of the show. All right, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about our program. Absolutely, and glad to glad to get the eight-man representation on here as well. Thanks, Coach. Yep, thank you. And on uh, one of those games that's coming up for Milford down the road that'll be at home that uh, you might be able to catch if you want to go see an eight-man game, uh, they're going to be hosting St. Thomas More on October 7th. That's a Week 7 game. And we're going to have three of the St. Thomas More athletes in studio a little later on in the show tonight. And if we had had just a little more time with Clint Schwartz, I would have asked him about that travel because eight-man football in Illinois mm-hmm. still growing, you know, long road trips, but it's it's growing quick, and mm-hmm. Milford Cisna Park got in at the right time because they've built yeah. a terrific program. Yep, they uh, they knew, they saw the writing on the wall with uh, the, the kind of struggles to draw enough players to be able to field an 11-man team that was staying healthy and making sure those kids stayed safe. And, uh, yeah, right decision. You won your first state championship right off the bat in eight-man. And just the, the pride around that program has just grown from there, even though it is two different schools coming together who are rivals in a lot of other sports coming together just for one product. It's pretty cool to see. Well, before we take our next break here on the show, let's dive into our 11-man top 10 countdown, the latest version of which will appear in Thursday's news because got print pages. But if you can't wait until you see the print product tomorrow morning, We'll break it down for you here right now with numbers 10 through 6 to start, and then we'll go 5 through 1 a little later on in the show. Our number 10 team this week is the Tuscola Warriors. They've dropped down a few spots after a loss to a good Shelbyville team, 40-6 to last week. Good chance at a bounce back, though, for Tuscola. They're going to visit Central A&M in Week 5. That should be a really intriguing Central Illinois Conference game. Our number 9 team this week is new to the rankings. That's the Gibson City Melvin Sibley Falcons. Falcons are 3-1, coming off a 29-12 win over Leroy. Don't have any time to rest on their laurels, though, because they are going to host a state-ranked Eureka team this week. And our number 8 team this week is the Iroquois West Raiders. Iroquois West is 4-0, coming off a narrow 23-20 win over Salt Fork, avenging a loss to the Storm last season. And uh, Iroquois West going into a battle of the unbeatens in Week 5. It's them versus 4-0 Seneca. Two head coaches who played together at Olivet Nazarene, Terry Maxwell over at Seneca, and Justin Teal over at Iroquois West. 
Our number seven team this week is the Danville Vikings. Danville is 3-1, coming off a 28-14 win over Bloomington in Week 5. They're going to head over here to Champaign on Friday night for a game against Centennial at Tommy Stewart Field. That is our News Gazette Game of the Week that you can catch on WHMS 97.5 on Friday night starting at 6.45 p.m. So if you can't make it out to Tommy Stewart, be sure to tune in for Danville Centennial from Joey and I. It's going to be fun. I hope so. <laughs> and our number six team this week, it's the Unity Rockets. Unity has been steadily building since their own one start to the season. Their most recent win, sitting at 3-1 and one now, came against Paris in week four, 44-6. They're going to be hosting a 3-1 and one Bloomington Central Catholic team in week five. And when we come back from our next break, we are going to hear from the coach of those Unity Rockets, Scott Hamilton. Also, we'll unveil the rest of our top ten as well as our latest offensive line of the week. So stay tuned for that and more. At Prospect Bank, we look forward to partnering with you. When you partner with Prospect Bank, you will experience dedicated customer service paired with secure and convenient banking solutions. Because we are Prospect Bank, the Opportunity Bank. You're listening to the Serve Pro of Champaign and Vermilion County High School Prep Football Confidential Show on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. Powered by the Fighting Illini Army ROTC at the University of Illinois. 631, welcome back to the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Show powered by U of I Army ROTC. I'm Colin Likas, along with Joey Wright for the remaining 29 minutes of this show with one more break thrown in, but plenty of content still to come your way about the local high school football scene leading into week five of the regular season, among which is a chat with Unity football coach Scott Hamilton, whose team is sitting at 3-1 and one on the season, coming off a 44-6 win at Paris in week four, hosting Bloomington Central Catholic this week in Illini Prairie Conference play. Scott, thanks so much for making time tonight. Hey, Colin, thanks for having me. Absolutely. And you guys, your guys have been on a, a tear since the uh, the season opening setback against Prairie Central. 50 points against St. Joe, 62 against Chillicothe, and another 44 against Paris. Just seems like the motivation is especially high with these group of guys. What's kind of the vibe around this team leading into Week 5 against BCC? Yeah, you know, it's been, uh, it's, it's been good. Our kids have... Uh, you know, obviously rebounded from a tough loss uh, week one. Um, played a really good Prairie Central team. Um, you know that was uh, really, really, uh, really good at some of the areas where we were really young, and and they took advantage of us up front. I think on both sides of the ball, and uh, we just didn't play very well. And then uh, you know you circle back, um, you know, and, and give the kids all the credit in the world. They uh, they came in. You know, um, on that Saturday on their own and watched some film and, and kind of evaluated things. And then, uh, you know, ever since then, they've, you know, they've continued to work hard and, and learn. And, um, you know, that we've, made, we've made good plays on both sides of the ball, good improvements. Um, and, you know, now it's just a matter of uh, continuing to grow. When you talk about being young at some positions, obviously you're bound to lose a few key athletes from a team that, that plays second at state in Class 3A last year. But 
just to be able to give those kids, kind of throw those kids in the fire a little bit with having three of the first games be on the road. You go to Fairbury, you go to St. Joe, and you go to Paris in the first four weeks of the season. How much do you think that maybe benefits these kids down the road, just getting the that tough road experience out of the way right away? Well, I mean, I guess if you, you know, we can look at it that we got out of that three and one, I guess, uh, you know, pretty good. But it's a, it's a tough start. And, uh, you know, those games, other than the St. Joe game, you know, there's not a lot of common opponents in there. You know, uh, no, nobody really in the same news coverage areas and not a lot of rivalry. And so it's tough. And, I, you know, I give our kids credit for, uh, you know, for getting up for those games and preparing and, um, you know, they, they just they just they just hang in there. They they work hard. Um, you know, we got good seniors. We've got uh, good kids who uh, enjoy coming to practice and working hard. And um, you know, and and right now they've you know they're they're seeing a little bit of of success with that. So uh, you know, it's it's good to have some success whenever you start doing those different things and you know see things pick up. You mentioned those different coverage areas. Bloomington Central Catholic on tap this week. Our, our friends at the Panagraph, I'm sure, with good coverage of, of what they've done this season. 3-1 and one versus 3-1, and one, and they've uh, taken care of business. Their lone loss to a good PBL team in overtime. Uh, what do you see in BCC this week going on the road for that one? Yeah, uh, really, really good football team. Um, great scheme uh, offensively. Um, you know, a 6'6", 225-pound quarterback that can throw it. Uh, and then, uh, you know, in that uh, second half last week when Monticello kind of clawed back into it, he just decided to uh, take over in the run game. And um, so he's a really talented kid. He's a junior. He played last year for them. Uh, they're aggressive. They get after the ball. Uh, so, you know, it'll be, a, it'll be a really good test for us. They're a really good football team. And when you look at your own guys, uh, by the way, misspoke that game at home, so your home fans get a chance to see Kale Rodden at quarterback, uh, Matt Brown running back, who we chatted about before the season started. He's off to a good start, over 300 yards. Who, you know, as we kind of reach the middle point of the season, is starting to hit their stride for the Rockets? Well, I mean, I think that, you know, all those guys, you know, obviously stand out, but I think where it, where it all comes together for us, you know, is up front. Our, our kids have gotten better on both sides of the ball, and you know that that's where it all begins. We, you know, we didn't play well up front week one on either side, and um, you know those teams really took it to us, and and that was a difficult start for us. And then um, you know we those kids have come to come to work and have gotten some experience and have really improved, and that's allowed you know the Rodens and the Browns and Langendorfs and you know, Will Cowan and those guys, Jay Saunders, to really flourish. But it, but it all starts with those guys up front. And, you know, they don't get enough credit for what they've done up front. And, you know, they're always unsung heroes. And um, they're, they're probably further along right now with, you know, two sophomores, a junior, a senior who hadn't played, um, you know, and only one kid really back with any experience at all. They're, they're really further along right now than what we thought they would be. So that's a credit to them. 
talking with Unity football coach Scott Hamilton. And as Joey mentioned, obviously Kale at quarterback and Matt at running back, now that Matt's healthy, are two guys who are very important to this offense. What stands out to me about the win over Paris specifically is Kale's ability to get the ball out to so many different guys. And I'm sure this is partially a product of, like you said, the offensive line doing its job, partially a product of scheming. But five different guys catch at least one pass, and four of those guys catch at least two. Uh, you got Aiden Porter leading the way with five catches, Dalton O'Neill with three, Jay Saunders with three, Will Cowan with two, both for touchdowns. Uh, were you kind of expecting to have just this diverse array of pass catchers who Kale could could hook up with this season? Yeah, we we felt like we were would be pretty balanced, and um, you know if people want to load the box to, to take away Matt, you know who was an All Conference returning player, uh, we we felt like we would be able to throw the ball and. Um, you know, Kale's done a good job of distributing it around in, in all different areas, and you know, all four of them have really stepped up and shown that they're uh, able to make plays. And so, you know, um, you know, last week the O'Neill kid probably was the least featured of all those guys, and then uh, we were kind of off to a slow start last week and threw a big play, and O'Neill made a huge catch to get us going last week. So it's it's been a group effort by all those guys. I know there's plenty of guys you could talk about on the defensive side of the ball, but again, just looking at that win over Paris last week, uh, Brock Suiting, junior linebacker, really stands out. 13 tackles and one sack. Uh, what growth have you seen from him and, and the other linebackers on this defense that, that's allowed you guys to, to so effectively bottle up opposing offenses? Yeah, uh, you know, Brock's done a good job. He's a first-year starter for us. Uh, the other two guys on the outside, Langen, Langendorf and uh, Bowden Franklin, they both played since they were sophomores. So we kind of knew what we got with those guys. But Brock's an athletic kid that can play downhill, and he's kind of done a really good job of solidifying us in the middle with uh, being able to go side to side and, and play downhill. He's a strong kid that runs well. And so, you know, they're coming around. Our, our secondary guys have gotten better in their fifths. And, um, but I'll, but they'll be really tested. This this BCC offense is uh, is really really good. Um, we'll have to be we'll have to have our A game to have a chance to uh, to slow them down a little bit on Friday. Scott Hamilton, Unity football coach, as he just said, you can catch his team Friday night against Bloomington Central Catholic over at Hicksfield in Tolono. Scott, thanks as always for making the time, and good luck to you and the Rockets on Friday night. Thanks, Colin. Hope to see you soon. Absolutely. We'll, uh, right. We will be out there for, well, we will be going to some Unity games here soon for That's right. our game of the week. i, I got to go look at the schedule again, but I know we've got Unity Monticello in week uh, week nine. And then, is that it? That might, um, I think Do we have Unity PBL in week eight, or is that, we got we got to go back and look at the schedule. Week eight will be Rantoul and St. Joseph Ogden. There so. we go. There we go. Well, we'll see you when you get out there, and I appreciate you guys for having me tonight. Absolutely, Scott. Thanks as always. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, let's go ahead and take our final break of the Surf Pro Prep Football Confidential Show powered by U of I Army ROTC. When we come back, we will wrap up our top 10 countdown, unveil our latest offensive line of the week, and catch up with a trio of St. Thomas More football players. So stay tuned for a jam-packed final segment. It's going to be fun. 
Butcher, when an electrical fire in your office causes extensive smoke and fire damage, or that musty odor indicates you might have a mold problem, you need a lot more than just help cleaning up. That's why SurfPro of Champaign-Urbana is your one-stop shop when disaster strikes. We offer all the cleanup and construction services to take your home or business from post-disaster to as good as new as soon as possible. So no matter what happens, you only need to make one call. Call SurfPro of Champaign-Urbana at 217-355-0077 to see how we can help you make it like it never even happened. And welcome back to the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Show, powered by U of I Army ROTC. It is 6.43 p.m., and I'm Colin Likas, Joey Wright along with me, and this is going to be the final segment of this week's show, ahead of week five of the regular season. Be sure to tune in on Friday night for our game of the week, brought to you by WHMS 97.5. Going to be catching Centennial hosting Danville in a Big 12 conference game on Friday night over at Tommy Stewart Field. Before we get into our final segment of the show, we do have some St. Thomas More football players in studio. Let's go ahead and finish up the top 10 countdown for our 11-man football programs and unveil our latest offensive line of the week. Our number five team this week is the Bismarck Henning Rossville Alvin Blue Devils. They are sitting at 4-0, coming off a win on the road over Moments in week four. They're going to be back at home hosting rival Oakwood in week five. And our number four team this week is the Paxton Buckley Lota Panthers. PVL also sitting at 4-0 on the season after defeating Pontiac 43-6 in Week 4. They're going to be hosting Rantoul in Week 5 over at I-57 Field. Our number 3 team this week is the Prairie Central Hawks. Prairie Central sitting at 4-0 as well. Knocked off Rantoul on the road 48-6 last week and will be hosting Chillicothe IVC in Week 5 in an Illini Prairie game. Our number 2 team this week is the Centennial Chargers, aforementioned team out of Champaign. 4-0 after defeating rival Champaign Central 42-6 over at Tommy Stewart Field and back at Tommy Stewart in Week 5 against Danville in a Big 12 game. And then our number one team this week, as has been the case throughout the season, it's the Muhammad Seymour Bulldogs. They're sitting at 4-0. They defeated Lincoln 63-14 in Week 4 to move to 3-0 in the Apollo Conference. They have their homecoming game this week against Charleston, another Apollo Conference matchup. That'll do it for our top 10, which you will see in print in Thursday's News Gazette with full explanations for why teams are ranked where they are this week. And it's time to unveil now our latest offensive line of the week as well. Like I said earlier on, we had Muhammad Seymour in here on Monday to be recognized for their recent success. And the most most recent offensive line of the week award is going to go to the Paxton Buckley Lota Panthers PBL after scoring at least 28 points in each of its games so far partially allowing the emergence of Robert Boyd Means, a sophomore, at the running back position. Also, the Panthers going through a little bit of change at that position. Had one player step away from the offensive line, and so Kendall Swanson moved from one position to take over the center job, and the Panthers didn't miss a beat. So glad to award PBL the latest offensive line of the week award, and we'll be glad to have some of their kids hopefully in studio sometime next week to be recognized by the U of I Army ROTC. And let's go ahead and jump in now to our final segment of the show. Live in studio now, we have four St. Thomas More football players. Glad to be joined now by Matt DiLorenzo, Peace Bumba, Brody Cuppernell, and Peter, I didn't catch your last name. I'm sorry. Peterson. 
Thank you. And all four of you in studio, thank you for making the time to chat with me and Joey. I'm coming over from practice. I know you guys just finished up at like 6 o'clock. Hopefully you're able to beat the weather. Um, Matt, I'll lead off with you. Just looking at this team 2-2 two and two, coming off a homecoming win over Bushnell Prairie City in week four. How are you guys feeling at this point about the direction of this program? You know, we're feeling pretty good, learning a lot throughout the season. Uh, pretty young team. So we're learning a lot as we uh, go through the season. Got young kids just building them up, getting us ready for the, our late season push, our playoff push to get ready for the postseason and move on from there. Peter, at this point, what do you feel like are some of the strengths that this team has exhibited? Obviously, everything hasn't been perfect at 2-2, two and two, but it seems like things are at least trending in the right direction for the Sabres. Um, I feel like mainly our main focus right now is just to have, like, the focus there I guess mm-hmm. like really we gotta how can I say this we gotta really lock in this week and really focus on the main objectives of really winning this game and going hard all up in practice sure now Brody I kind of just asked Peter you know what the keys were to just being successful as a whole what were the keys in that game against Bushnell Prairie City in particular 42-28 win uh, obviously sounds like a pretty close game on paper take us through how it kind of played out and how you guys were able to prevail in that one um, we want to establish run game. Wanted to run all over them. We wanted to um, stop their run and make them pass, which we did. Um, I feel like that was our goal: stop them from running and run. Yeah. And peace. I know you uh, posted on social media earlier this week about the the big game you were able to have as well. I think you mentioned uh, five touchdowns, right? Mm-hmm. So just to be able to to help this offense get into gear after uh, being shut out by Polo in week three, how important was it just to see you guys be able to to hit the end zone a few times and be able to get that confidence back? Um, it was actually very important. Um, I feel like after the polo loss, we had we had a chip on our shoulder against everyone. Every, everyone thought they can beat us now. Um, so I feel like that win really stamped us of, of who we are. And as for, you know, me and the five touchdowns, I, I couldn't have done it without the line. I couldn't, I couldn't have done it without my guys. Um, you know, we, we let them score two times, and we, we got pretty down about ourselves and that, but we all knew that we had to step it up. I knew I had to step it up. Matt knew we had to step it up. We all, we all had things that we had to do. And um, we all just knew that we had to play for a purpose for the man next to us. So, yep. And uh, Matt, obviously, Bush and Elbury City is not necessarily a team a lot of people around here know about. Uh, I'm guessing a lot of people are not even really familiar with where Bush and Elbury mm-hmm. City comes from. <laughs> just to be, a, and that, that that seems to be the case with with a fair few number of eight man programs as this league is still trying to grow within the state of Illinois. What's it been like for you guys just to play these these different teams that other teams around here don't get to see? You know, like Polo in Week Three, even like Decatur Lutheran in Week One. A lot of teams around here don't get to play that team. You guys still have Milledgeville and Pawnee on the schedule uh, what's it like just getting to play all these different types of schools I guess I think it's uh, really cool to see all the different talent I believe there's talent hey man everywhere wherever you go Polo's got some talent we've got some talent too I know the guys around me are talented but I think it's cool meeting new people after the Bushnell game actually I met up with one of their players and he followed me on Instagram and we became mutual friends so I think it's cool meeting people over the state find new guys through football just a game we all love to play we all have to be out there have fun I think it's fun to see the talent people all over Illinois we travel more than the teams around us 
sometimes can be good, sometimes can be bad, but I think it's fun getting to meet new people. Absolutely. Peter, for you guys, uh, having to deal also with homecoming last week, what's it like for you guys balancing? You know, obviously that's that's something that's important to you guys as, as young men, as, as members of the St. Thomas More community, but also you got to go out there and get that football win as well. What's it like balancing those two things where uh, obviously both mean something to you, but for different reasons? Um, really? We just focused on getting the win and going back home to, you know, have our people cheer us on. And that was really the main objective, really. And, like, if we didn't really win the game, like, how could we go back and, like, not cheer up, you know? <laughs> Coach Watson, have anything to say in the huddle afterward about, you know, staying smart and not doing anything silly at homecoming? Yeah, yeah for <laughs> sure. Yeah. He let us know. He let us know. And then that's a great point for, for me to jump in, Colin. Yeah. Peace will go over to you for this one, but any of you guys can jump in. I'm an Urbana High School graduate myself, Coach Watson. Uh, I didn't play football, but I spent a lot of time around the football team when he was around the program there as their head coach. What has he brought to the table at STM, and, and what's he like to play for? <sighs> coach Watson, man. Um He's brought a, he's brought a lot of excitement, a lot of energy to our team. He he always gets us fired up um, every game. You know we always every game we always look towards coach and we always see what he has because we know he always has something. So um, <clears throat> sorry um, when we when say like for for instance last game you know we we let them score two times or whatever um, we knew we knew that that wasn't us you know we knew we could have shut them out. So Coach Watson gave us gave us a few words of encouragement, screamed at us a bit, which you know. <laughs> but um, so we we let him score, I think once or twice again, but that, that wasn't really anything, you know. But so That's um, football, they're yeah, it's, scoring, it's football. Yeah. So so yeah, so yeah. I think Good. along with that, outside of football too, he's just like a great guy. You know, he's taught me a lot. But in football too, he's always on. He wants to keep you honest. He mm-hmm. says the game keeps you honest, and he keeps me honest too. If you're not working hard in practice, he'll let you know for sure. Keeps us honest, keeps me working. I love going out there every day for him. He keeps me working. I like working for him, so I enjoy it. And uh, Brody would just talk about uh, what Coach Watson brings to the table. Uh, you four here in the room making an impact for STM football. Who are some other guys who aren't here today who also have made the Sabres what they are right now and are making helping you guys move forward as a team? Um, pretty much everyone. It's, <laughs> we don't have many people. We gotta. Everyone has to be an impact player. Everyone has to get on the field. You can't just get a jersey and have fun you got to actually play you got to actually put in work at practice and everyone what is it like then you know trying to draw kids out to, to play football like you said there aren't a lot of you it's not not the biggest school in the world certainly there's a limited number of kids you can you can draw from what's it like kind of in the hallways you know outside the the classroom trying to to get some of your classmates to to come join on and help out this team you just gotta you know you see them in class and stuff. You see they don't do anything after school. You just got to ask them, you know, like, you're athletic, just come play football. It'd be fun. Yeah. Been been fun for you guys so far, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of going off that, uh, open to any one of you. Uh, Matt, we'll go over to you. Uh, drawing fans out to the games and getting students to come out just to support. You know, something we talked about earlier is you're playing schools from pretty much all over the state, right? You don't get those geographic rivalries that uh, a Central or a Centennial might have. So, I mean, how do you get students to come out and support the team and, you know, kind of create that Friday night lights kind of atmosphere? I think a lot in A-Man, it's more of that like, hometown feel. Just mm-hmm. everybody comes out to support you. I know with being away games too that's how they are too so i'm trying to get that i like our first game we had a lot of people there it was a really fun environment our game against flanagan a lot of people were there so i just think just bringing energy towards the team bringing energy positive energy towards the team and us bringing energy too to have people come out show it put a good performance out on the field i think it just keeps 
people wanting to come back so they enjoy it. Guys, I want you to, to weigh in on what kind of has been your favorite moment of this season so far. I know we're only four weeks in. we got a lot of a lot of ways to go, a lot of good memories to be made, of course, but we'll just go down the line. Matt, I'll start with you. What's been your, your favorite moment of just playing for STM football this, this season specifically? Uh, I think the ups and downs, you know, it's what makes the game fun. It's not always going to be easy. It's mm-hmm. not always going to be hard. I mean, you just got to work through the tough times. We played some tough teams, LSA and Polo. They're both very good teams. We just kept on working through that. After our loss, we, we've come back each week with a win so we're looking to build off of that now and I just I just like seeing my friends out there score touchdowns I when I peace scored a run last game I know I was super excited Cabot Craft he's a he plays soccer also kicks for us he scored a touchdown too and I was super excited to see that it's just fun being out there with my guys seeing them score and have fun out there so I really enjoy that Peter I don't know how you're gonna be able to follow that up but what's your <laughs> uh, favorite memory so far from this STM football season um so far um I would like to say it's like all of them they all like build up everything you know like the ups and downs like like matt said like really like when you when we lose and like we come back from it you know mm-hmm. and like it's all worth it in the end and when we win also it's you know it's also there yeah brody how about you um <laughs> going off what matt said the ups and downs really mm-hmm. yeah when you you know when you lose it's not fun but the best part is building yourself back up together and practices, staying focused, having a good week of practice is, is key. And practice might not always be fun, but it's fun. You you make it fun. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of, yeah, speaking ahead, of fun, yeah, I, Peace, go to you for this one. You guys have five home games this year, but three of your last four are on the road. Some of those long road trips, I'm, I'm curious who gets the aux, who picks the playlist, or <laughs> are you guys kind of a you know quiet bus ride kind of team? <laughs> Quiet bus ride, mm, probably not. No, um, but <laughs> especially no, after a win, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> no, no music on the way to the game, at least. But um, when we get to the game, Maddie D, Maddie, Maddie got the <laughs> Maddie got the ox. So uh, mm. on the way back, maybe maybe a little music, maybe a little maybe a little freestyling here and there. Okay. But. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Who's the, who's the best freestyler oh, on the definitely team? Me. Oh, I, definitely me. Definitely. Credit for that. <laughs> well, it's not. It's not Coach Watson. Oh, no. No, 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 <laughs> Doesn't no. have the bars. No, no, no. Peace. I'll let you chip in. Also, with the, you got a favorite memory from this this season so far. No, uh, my favorite memory has to be beating Flanagan. Okay. Um, losing to them last year. This year was a uh, was our get back. So you know we we did that and we we um, put a stamp on them and we proved to everyone that you know we're here for that game. So mm-hmm. that's be my favorite memory. Sure. And then looking down the schedule, kind of like what Joey alluded to, uh, Matt, you guys, uh, before that three out of four on the road to end the regular season, you, you host Pawnee this week. Uh, what do you what do you really know about them? What are you guys looking forward to with that game without giving away too much? Uh, we played them last year. I know they're a tough team. I know uh, I think they underestimated us last year. That's apparently what that what we heard, but we brought it to them. So I think they're going to come back hard. I mean, that's what we did against Flanagan. You know they're going to come back always fighting. They're going to want more. I think they're going to be a tough team. No, our game plan, run the ball and stop the run. That's how you win football games. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, Peter, you know, three of four on the road to end the regular season, but one of those trips is just kind of just across the way to Danville, not too far away, and one's to Milford, which also isn't terribly far away. How excited are you guys just for kind of this stretch where you're a little more at home? You just had the homecoming game. You're at home again against Pawnee, and then the next two games after that aren't really that far away, and then you're at home again in week eight. How excited are you for that stretch? 
we're just excited just to play in general. It's football. <laughs> Not everybody gets a chance to play. Mm-hmm. You have like one time to play, you play it. You know. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And uh, Brody just looking down the line with uh, with Milford in in week seven. I know I'm looking a bit ahead here, but I imagine that's a game you guys are also getting up for. For sure. Yeah. I mean, we got to get ready for every game. You know, like get excited for every game. Week nine, by the way, at Milledgeville. One of my favorite mascots, mm-hmm. the Missiles. <laughs> That's a good it's one. Got a nice yeah. rolls off the tongue. I like that one. Peace. What else are you looking forward to as the season goes on? I know we just Peter just mentioned you know getting to play in general. Yep. Anything else you guys in particular have got kind of on the bulletin board? We're looking forward to as a team getting to the playoffs, mm-hmm. um, getting the state, and you know bringing a state championship back back to STM. You know, so I feel like if we do that. Not yeah, nothing beats it. Yeah, we need we need that. We need to bring that home. How long is the party going to be going on at STM if that happens? Oh, <laughs> never, ending. never ending. Never ending. I love it. Well, uh, Matt and Peter and Peace and Brody, thank you guys all for joining us here in studio tonight, representing Eight Man Football and uh, St. Thomas More, of course. And uh, yeah, glad to have you guys on the show. So thank thanks for making the trip us. over. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Joey, been a good episode, wouldn't you say? I would say. No, we've had a lot of fun. Appreciate all these guys for coming in and joining us. It's also great to hear from Unity, from Milford Cisna Park, and, of course, from Art Cole. It's going to be a fun week across the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eight-man, 11-man, a lot of great games to watch. And uh, when we hit halftime this week, all of our teams are going to be halfway through the season. It's Absolutely. crazy to think we're starting to turn the corner already. Absolutely. And if you want to hear Joey and I talk some more football, Friday night, 6.45 p.m., HMS 97.5. We'll have the call from Tommy Stewart Field, Danville at Centennial. But that'll do it for Surf Pro Prep Football Confidential, powered by U of I Army ROTC tonight. I'm Colin Likas with Joey Wright. Thanks for joining us, and tune in next Wednesday for more.